Hello, gentle listeners. We wanted to hold on. Something's wrong. Yeah, that's better. Hey, and welcome to this episode of the Dear World Love History Podcast, where the history is wacky, and so are we. You're hanging out with the outlandish historians, Adrian and Renee. So sit back, relax, maybe take some notes. She's kidding. And enjoy this crazy time travel thing we do. Hey guys, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Dear World Love History Podcast. As we mentioned in our final episode of Season 1, we're releasing some bonus episodes where we chat with history fans and podcasters alike. In these episodes, we ask our guests a bunch of questions and chat about a few different things, but the most important one is... What does history mean to you? The bonus episodes are going to be released a few weeks apart until Season 2 goes live, and then in between episodes during Season 2. Speaking of Season 2, it is going to be delayed. We know Season 2 was supposed to go live the first Saturday of September, and we're really sorry that it's not. We've been dealing with some things behind the scenes, family things, our own personal health things, so our attention has kind of been split by all of it. We're aiming to have the first episode up by November 7th. We'll definitely keep you posted, so keep an eye out on social media, Twitter at Dear Historians, and Instagram and Facebook at Outlandish Historians. Now, back to the bonus goodness at hand. In this episode, we are joined by Peter, who's the fabulous host of the Badger State History podcast-turned-blog. The blog is in the works and will be coming at you soon. You can find him in his podcast-slash-blog on Twitter and Instagram at with Hist Podcast, and on Facebook at Badger State History. We'll also link you up to all the socials in the episode notes and our show notes. So without further ado, let's jump right in. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast, Peter. All right, well, hello, everyone. My name is Peter Lanning. I am the host of the Badger State History Podcast, where in each episode I cover a different person, place, or event from the history of America's 30th state, Wisconsin which is my home state and the one I think is the best. <laughs> so this is a podcast I came up with after many years of, you know, just living in Wisconsin, talking with people who love history and just being able to witness history. It's pretty cool. I like that you focused on your state. Yeah. I, as I said, I've lived here my entire life, so got to focus on what I know. Yeah, absolutely. Very true. Uh, so is that how you got into history? Like, did you learn about Wisconsin history growing up? And, you know, that's really where that love came from? Uh, yeah. So in Wisconsin, at least when I was in elementary school, it was required to take at least, I think, a quarter or a full semester of Wisconsin history. Wow. So oh, I got awesome. to do that in fourth grade. And that's really where this whole love of history took off for me. Uh, feels like a long time ago, though. I think that's incredible that you guys have to learn about your state because in Pennsylvania, that's not the case at all. No, not even a little bit. Which I think it should be, but... Oh, definitely. Oh, well, I was going to say that, like, it, it's really just interesting just because the only thing we ever really did was, hey, let's go to the Constitution Center. Let's go see the Liberty Bell. But, like, that was the extent of, you know, like, Pennsylvania-related stuff for us. Otherwise, it was like, let's just focus really? on... Yeah, it was just focus on everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'd think, like, growing up in one of the original colonies that they'd actually try and focus more on the state itself, but not at all. Yeah, and Pennsylvania has such a rich history, too, but I won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
So then I guess our big question is, what does history mean to you? Oh, boy. So that is a big question. I've been trying to figure out my answer to that since we first discussed doing this. I think history is just, how do I word this properly? It, it is just the most amazing thing that I think people can study. It's a way to know where you came from and kind of study where we are going as a people, as a society, as a country. I, I really don't know how else to put it. No, yeah, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. I think it's definitely the best roadmap that we have. Honestly, I think oh, it's like definitely. the only roadmap that we have. That is also Because <laughs> what is it? Like, in order to... What God, what's that quote? Um, you have to know your past in order to God, I can't remember what it is. I feel I'm like sure. there's like two different versions of it. I feel like one it's like in order to not repeat the past, you have to learn from it. And then there's like another one that's like in order to like go towards the future or something, you have to know where you started. I mean I don't know. Both I could, are valid. Yeah, I could just be like those. making stuff up at this spot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, so, but going with that, though, what would you say you like about history the most? Well, I've always been an avid reader, so I like the stories of people and of places, what people have done, where they've gone. I read a lot of um, J.R.R. Tolkien, so, like, mm. Lord of the Rings and stuff. Yeah, He writes, it's like history, <laughs> that how he writes is a history. So I like stories and where people came from and all that other fun stuff. You're, I'm sitting here, by the way, with a really big Tolkien nerd. Yeah, just maybe a little uh, bit. Yeah. So if you ever want yeah. to geek out about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I may Don't or may... too much. <laughs> I, you know, just to put it out there, I've got an entire part of my shelf dedicated to Tolkien, so I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. I need more of his works, actually. But... Uh, dude, dude, I could... Dude. I could be <laughs> your friend there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at one point, Renee wanted to read The Hobbit in Latin, and I was like, I still oh, you bud. do. I still do. Actually, that'd be really cool. I know some Latin, too, and, you know, I would really enjoy that. Yeah, because what is it? It's like Hobbit Eli? Hobbitus Eli, I think it was. Hobbitus Eli? Yeah. Sounds familiar. Yeah, dude, I remember when I saw that in the bookstore, I think I immediately ran to Adrian and was like, oh my god, look! <laughs> The way you say that, though, it makes it sound like when I was four in the bookstore and I saw The Hobbit in Latin, I ran to my older sister and was like, look at this book. Look, if I'm four years old and I can read Latin, I'm a pretty amazing child. That's cool. (laughs) Um, So then what would you say you hate the most about history? I think the way some people write history makes it really dull. And, you know, as a recent college graduate, having survived more than my fair share of dull history books. I think that is the worst part. Yeah, yeah. there's some really dry texts out there. And I'm like, if you're trying to interest people in history, this isn't the way. No. Yeah, I mean, I had a, um, my favorite professor, actually, who no longer works at the university I attended, always would start his lectures with a story of a person or a place from where our lecture was going to be focusing. And I think that that really helped with learning history, too. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. It's a good way to tackle it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to ask, like, out of all the history books you've ever read, which one would you actually say is your favorite? Oh, boy. Um, there's one I have 
somewhere in this house. I don't know where. It's called the Indigenous People's History of the United States. So I took a class on the history of selected minorities, so Native Americans, African Americans, and women even. I think that book, though, was one of my favorites. Dude, yeah, that sounds amazing. That one. Yeah. that one was recommended to me by a coworker, actually. Yeah, it's real good. So do you have any personal, like, or connections to historical events or people or anything that, like, really cool that happened to your family in the past? I do, actually. Ooh. Um, I am descended from one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Wow. Nice. Almost directly. I believe it was a delegate from New Jersey, John Hart. Very cool. I think his name was John. And then I don't have the book anymore, but one of my direct family ancestors led George Washington's army across the Delaware and to Trenton on December 25th of 1776. Holy cow. That's awesome. Oh my God, that's awesome. Same last name and everything. That is incredible. It is. I just, I got told you're saying that out loud. <laughs> I would totally tell everybody that. Yeah, I think I might actually introduce myself that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, hello, my name is P.S. My family did this thing. <laughs> that is amazing. I was literally just looking at Adrian just going, holy crap. Yeah, especially like that's my fav- one of my favorite periods in American history. Oh, yeah, definitely mine too. So going off of that, then, what would be your favorite, you know, era, period, person, or event, and or? Well, I do historical reenacting for the War of 1812. Oh, nice. But I think the American Revolution is my favorite because of all of that familial stuff. So that whole, you know, early American history is my favorite time period. Okay. Do you guys have, like, anything that was passed down from the, uh, your American revolutionary ancestors? Not that I'm aware of. My grandparents might know more about that than I do, but I would ask my mom, but she's not home at the moment. But I don't think we have anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. well, it's a long time ago. Things get lost. Yeah. So do you watch a lot of uh, period dramas, would you say? I used to watch them more, like, before I started college, but not so much anymore. Just because you were so busy with college, or it's like, meh? I'll read about it. Um, well, they say that you should never watch like historical dramas or movies with a history major because we tend to ruin them for everybody else. So I kind of stopped watching them. <laughs> Let me true. tell you. <laughs> Can I tell you how many times we've been watching something and Adrian either just pauses it or she'll just start talking over it and be like, look, this is just historically inaccurate. Like, this would never happen. <laughs> or, like, fun fact, this thing was this and X, Y, and Z and bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. And, lit- like, my dad, my mom, and I were just kind of like, can you shut up? <laughs> Please shut up. Like, let us enjoy this. And then yeah. when the movie's over, then talk to me. <laughs> look, it's a thing. We just can't help ourselves. No, we can't, like. I've watched The Patriot a couple times, you know, Mel Gibson's movie, and I'm watching it recently, I think a couple months ago, I'm like, this, none of this happened this way. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I try to kind of take a step back just so I can enjoy it. Like, the there's the Medici series on Netflix, which I love, and I know that, you know, they totally fudge around with people's ages and the timeline but it's just such a good series that i i can't fault them for it yeah have you watched um the show it's called turn washington Spies. oh yes. yes oh yeah yeah that oh my god that is such a good series 
Oh, yes, I, so good. it's one of my favorites. I know it's not accurate either, but I still love it a lot. Yeah, no, they did an amazing job with that. I mean, the production values on that series were so, so high. Mm-hmm. I'm just literally sitting here just like reimagining scenes. Like, I just love that show so much. Unfortunately, I just, did you get to read it yet, Adrian? The The actual book? No, I haven't read it yet. It's definitely on our list of things to read. Yeah. But I just thought it was incredible, like, the character development, mm-hmm. just what they were able to do historically-wise. Like, obviously, we know not everything is, you know, kosher. But still so good. Yes. Yeah, I think that means we need to rewatch it now. Let's do it. Um, just kind of going off of, like, the whole period dramas and all of that, is there actually a score that you like that, like... Mm. Just because, like, a lot of these productions have such incredible music. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering if there was one that you really, really, really enjoy. Not from any TV show that I can think of. But we're, well, I'm going to go back to Lord of the Rings again, because that score is beyond amazing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Howard Shore is definitely a genius. Oh, dude. Oh, yes. Extended versions or non-extended versions? Definitely extended like, it may not move the plot along faster, but the acting is just so on point that I can't not watch the extended editions. Yeah, I think it definitely it gives you more of the rounded picture of everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I get that, like, they had to be cut out just for, like, theatrical reasons. Because mm-hmm. I think they were like, it can't go past this time. Yeah. But, like, no, no, no. You need the full movie with every <laughs> last scene. This is true. Are you a fan of The Hobbit? Out of curiosity. Not the movies. Okay. And I know that's kind of a popular opinion not to really like them. Mm-hmm. Because The Hobbit is such a short book as it is. How they made three movies out of it, I will never know. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep my mouth shut on this one. <laughs> <laughs> we both really enjoy, actually we do enjoy the films, but Renee is like kind of over the top with it. Okay. I... Like, Adrian comes from the history background. I come from the literature background. So it's like, as a writer, The Hobbit as a book is subpar as much as I love Tolkien. Mm -hmm. The characters are two-dimensional. There are plot Mm -hmm. holes. There's there's stuff that just needed more room. And I think Tolkien himself said that, like, if he could rewrite one book, it would be The Hobbit. Yeah. And it's just like, I think Peter Jackson did a really, really good job with adding character depth Mm -hmm. and subplots and answering some questions that Tolkien kind of didn't. And it's like, I get it. I think he wrote that before he wrote anything else. Yeah. I love the movies. And I know people are like, why is Legolas here? And what is with this thing? And I'm like, shut up and just please enjoy the movie because it makes me happy. (laughs) Yes. I I can enjoy them as movies. It's just, you know, after reading the book, it's kind of, well, you know. But I give Peter Jackson credit, though, because he came in later in production than he probably would have because he wasn't the original director, I I believe. And so he wasn't given as much time to create the movies in the same way he did Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. For some reason, I always thought that he was, from the offset... Yeah, attached. Huh. Yeah. The more you know. Okay, uh, let's see. Is there anything that you particularly want to share in regards to history or lack thereof even <laughs> well i think i want to thank my mom for a lot of things because she was a history major too she studied history and english at marquette university and then mount mary in milwaukee so i i have to give her all the credit for getting me into history and for keeping my interests 
level and, you know, not letting me go off half cocked and, you know, ruining my life by doing something I don't want to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you tell her that? I have told her that. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just making sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One last question. I'm ready. Going back to reenacting. What got you interested in reenacting? You know, it's kind of a funny story because I was at a brat fry for my Boy Scout troop. I was, oh boy, 17 at the time, 23 now. And my scoutmaster uh, did Civil War. He just War of 1812, and he was just talking about it. And I was like, you know what? That sounds kind of fun. And he's like, okay, you're in. So that's how I got in, just saying it sounded cool, and then I was in, like, within a day. <laughs> So as someone who sees it, like, from the outside, what is it like being on the inside of reenactment? Like, what goes into it? A lot of hard work and a lot of money. God. We try to make everything as historically accurate as possible. And, of mm-hmm. course, that costs a pretty penny. Right. Yeah. You know, firearms are, like, $1,000 or more a piece. Wow. Uniforms usually have to be hand-sewn. That's a couple hundred dollars. And you have to find a specialty made like accoutrements and all that other stuff it has to be handmade by specialty companies oh my gosh Mm -hmm. that's crazy yeah but you have a lot of fun doing it right oh yeah Ah, well that's what matters yeah absolutely definitely well i mean that's all the questions that we have thank you so much for joining us and chatting with us about this thank you for this opportunity really oh Oh, of course Thanks so much for hanging out with us and Peter on this bonus episode of the Dear Wildlife History Podcast. And a huge, huge thank you to Peter for having chat with us. Stay tuned for more bonus content. Next one will be up by the first Saturday of October. We hope you guys are staying safe and healthy. Be well, everyone. Historians out.